for our guests, please fill out that a little slip of paper right in front of you in the pews. Drop it in the offering plate so we'll have a record of you being here. For all of our members, I praise God for you being here this morning. And uh, as we will be studying the Word of God and hearing about some new things here this morning. First of all, Miss Cindy, you just share with us quickly about the ladies, please. Tell me to do it quick because he's preaching an hour and a half. And don't worry, the restaurants will still have food. Okay, ladies, I need to talk to you about our uh, ladies' Bible study that's coming up very soon called Take Courage, August 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. The second, 22nd and 23rd is at 6 p.m., 2.30 on the 24th. Everything is in Jay and Frank's uh, room over in the Family Life Center. Uh, the cost is $15. Bring your $15, whichever class you choose to do, and then you pay the teacher that day. And bring a friend. And the last day to sign up is the 22nd for that. Now, I have another one. I'm trying to be brief, Mac. Uh, this concerns our ladies' retreat. It is a one-day retreat on September 9th. It will begin at 8 o'clock through mid-afternoon. The speaker is Janet Teff. Uh, we will have two meals. We'll serve you breakfast and lunch, and we're going to have a craft. This is a great opportunity to invite friends or families, family members that maybe don't go to church or even if they do, bring them with you. The cost for this is $25 each. Please put it in an envelope with your names on it and give it to me, please. And also, if you are paying for more than one person, please write their name on it also. And I'm going to ask, and you're going to say why, well, I'm... We have diff we sometimes we'll have people have the same name. Please put your last name on it. <clears throat> the last day to sign up for that will be September 3rd. And we hope you all plan to come. Everything's back, back here on our uh, table, and you can read it. Thank you. Thank you, Miss Cindy. I appreciate that. Ladies, I hope you heard all that so you get plugged in in all those places. This morning, you're going to be blessed by hearing about a brand new ministry, not within itself, but within Montenay Baptist Church. And we have been blessed. We've been asked to take part, to be a part of this ministry, and possibly in the ongoing time, uh, it will become a ministry within the church. So in order to share this with you, I want to ask the person that instituted directed, guides, plans, prays, keeps Tim Clark in line to get it all done. Ms. Arlene, you come and share right quick with us, hon. And when she gets through, you'll see about a four or five minute video. Give her a mic there, Brother Harold. Good morning. Today is the official kickoff for our Christmas to Remember program. And I am very, very excited about all the... Uh, responses that I've had so far. This last week or two I have been working on team leaders for the different areas and I have 
I think, 17 different people who have stepped forward to lead different teams. So we, all of our team leaders are almost completely booked. And when we get all of our team leaders in order, we will open up our registration for everyone to get involved. Um, there will be a spot for everyone. Even if you have physical limitations, we have a spot for you or I will create a spot for you. So um, I think that's about it. I appreciate you taking on this program. Over 100. Uh, yeah. And folks, they won't all come from, from our church. No, I will It'll be far-reaching. I work with uh, the National Honor Society. Some of their kids come in and help. I have people who have worked for years who have volunteered on our uh, shopping day. And so we'll have people from other places. But I wanted to make sure and fill all of our team leader positions and as many of our volunteer positions with uh, members so that when I am unable to continue with this ministry, everybody will know how it runs. And you won't even miss me. So Thank you, with ma'am. that, we've got a video to watch. Play it for us. Director. Hi, I'm Arlene Clark, founder and director of A Christmas to Remember. I'd like to take a few minutes to tell you about the Christmas to Remember program. For many families in Northwest Arkansas, the holiday season can be a time of stress and uncertainty. For low-income families, the holiday brings an additional financial burden to an already stretched budget. And that's where we step in. While serving as Children's Director at Grace Baptist Church, I created a program called The Christmas Store. This program was created as a fun way to teach our children's ministry students about missions and serving others. However, God had much bigger plans. Many years ago, during one of our earliest Christmas Store events, several adults throughout the morning dropped by the Christmas store. I'm not sure how they knew about our event, and even more puzzling was the fact that they made their way through the church and into the children's area without being stopped. Each adult was going through difficult times, and each situation was different. The one thing that they did have in common was that they needed Christmas gifts for their children, and they had nowhere else to go. None of them requested large gifts or a tree full of gifts. They simply requested a gift for their child on Christmas morning. Following the event, my heart was burdened for these families and the many others just like them. God kept this burden on my heart for months. So in 2006, I created an additional program which I named A Christmas to Remember. A Christmas to Remember was created to serve underprivileged families in our community. The Christmas to Remember program is a unique experience, one that is unlike any other program that I have ever seen. 
We are not a wish list program, but rather an entire morning of shopping, gift wrapping, Christmas music, games, activities, and snacks. And the shoppers are children ages first through sixth grade. What sets our program apart is that we focus on the entire family, not just the individual child. Gifts are selected by the children for each member of their family. Through our program, children experience the joy of giving, an experience that many of us take for granted. Their little faces light up as they search the aisles and find the perfect gift for each person on their list. Children will have their gifts wrapped, tagged, and bagged, and at the end of the event, each child takes their gift home, wrapped and ready to put under their tree. Although children are not allowed to shop for themselves, every child will go home with a gift. For 17 years, we have provided gifts for families in our community. However, with the passage of time, we all grow older and tasks become harder. Events such as these either grow larger or simply fade away, unless they are passed down to someone else. In 2022, it was obvious that the Christmas to Remember program had grown to a point where it was too difficult for a crew of three to oversee. We were at a pivotal point. Do we shut the program down and feel grateful for the years that God has allowed us to serve our community? Do we cut the number of families that we assist? Or do we look for alternatives? And that's where you, Montanay Baptist Church, steps into the picture. After meeting with Brother Mac, it has been decided that the Christmas to Remember program will now become a ministry of Montanay Baptist Church. The program will continue to grow. However, the workload will be spread across the entire church. I will remain as program director. However, I will be recruiting and training team leaders to take over the various areas. This will ensure that long after I am unable to serve, the ministry will continue and those in our community who need assistance will have access to it. That's giving you a little idea, a brief summary of what A Christmas to Remember is all about. One of the things that, uh, that I would like to insert at this time that really impressed me. The gifts, all the taking care of the kids, the families, all that. That's great. That's wonderful. I think that's fabulous. But the thing that really impressed me was when Miss Arlene says, after they get their gifts all picked out, the students, the children, will be brought back over here, put in here. And Miss Arlene will share the gospel with them, the plan of salvation, while they're sitting here, while things are being reset over there. And then as the children leave with their gifts and their packages, we can put tracks and so forth in the sack 
that their family will get to see and they can take them with them. To me, that's what Christmas is all about. The gifts and all is a plus. But salvation, Christ Jesus, is what we really want to share. Thank you, Miss Arlene. Thank you, Tim, for putting that together for us. If you have any questions, be sure and see Miss Arlene about it. She has all the answers. Again, thank you for being here today. Will you stand with me as we pray? Father, we do thank you and we praise your name for today. I thank you, Lord God, that you will bless throughout the service. You will give us direction. You will minister to every heart. You will speak unto every life. And Lord God, I pray today the power of God the Holy Spirit will be loosened in this place. The devil and all of his all of his demons will be bound up in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, we can stand before you and hear the truth of your word and respond to it. Thank you for it, Father. Now as we give praise and worship to you, receive it unto yourself, Father. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Brother Harold, come lead us. Lord, praise this morning. We sing, Praise Him, Praise Him. Praise Him, praise Him, tell of His excellent grace. 
kind of a new song this morning. 10,000 Reasons. 10,000s. We will sing His praise and forevermore.
Let's stand once more. Ushers come forward this time. We sing this chorus. Ashtam God. God. God, his tithes, and our love offerings. Let us pray. Father, we do praise you and we love you. Thank you for blessing us so abundantly, Father. Now, Lord God, as we give unto you your tithes and our love offerings, you bless them. And we thank you for it, Father. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. with us. Come on, Jack. Sometimes we are creatures of habit. The Word of God tells us that we're to place our tithes and offerings on the altar before Him. And starting this morning and going forward, our gentlemen, after they receive the offering, will bring them and lay them back on the front altar. And at that point in time, 
we'll ask the Lord to bless them and those that have given. So will you join with me as we pray? Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for each and every one that has participated in giving back unto you from that which you have blessed us with. Now, Lord God, you receive these tithes and offerings as a sacrifice unto your Father, placed on your altar. And we pray, Lord God, that not only will you bless them, but you will give us direction in how to use them to further your kingdom. Now, Father, you bless as we continue to worship you this day in your service. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ladies. Truth, it will 
Children's Church. Only by faith. We can accomplish only what God has for us to accomplish, only by faith. We can work, we can thrive, we can study, we can learn, we can memorize, we can do anything and everything within our human capability. But in order to accomplish all that God has for us to accomplish, in order for us to enjoy all that God has provided for us, it's only by faith. The Word of God tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and I'm just going to read this to you and we're going to move on. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's God's word of the definition of faith. The word faith says, I trust completely. All of us have faith in different things in the world. You had faith this morning that when you got out of bed, your legs were going to hold you up when you stood up. You had faith when you went out and got in your automobile to come that when you turned the key on, that automobile was going to start. You had faith when you got here that our ladies were going to have coffee and donuts and all set up for you to have an enjoyable time of fellowship before Sunday school. What am I saying? I am saying our lives are built on faith, whether it be substance of the world, 
or whether it be those things that we can't see that God provides for us, it is still built on faith. Now you know as well as I do that there is a lot of uh, Hall of Fames. There's Sports Hall of Fames. There's Actor Hall of Fames. And on and on we can go with all these different Hall of Fame. High School Hall of Fame, College Hall of Fame, Professional Hall of Fame. There's always somebody that is standing out, that is outstanding in whatever field they're in. There are even business Hall of Fames. But there's a Hall of Fame in the Word of God that I think that is important for us to look at when we talk about only by faith. The Hall of Fame that I'm referring to is found in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 30 and following. Hebrews chapter, thir- uh, chapter 11, verse 30 and following. The Hall of Fame of the Old Testament. And we will see why they were certainly outstanding in this few that are mentioned. Chapter 11, verse 30. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab not, did not perish with those who did not believe because she received the spies with peace. And what more shall I say for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barakah and Simon and Japheth, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became diligent in battle, turned to fight the armies of the aliens. Women received dead, raised from, from life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still, others had trials of mocking, scorn, yes, of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, affected and tormented, of whom the world was not of whom the world was not worried. They wandered in the desert, in the mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. And all of these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise God having providing something better for us that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Therefore, 
we also sense we surrender, surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which is easily ensnared us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Lord God, bless your word as we look at it in the next few moments. Speak to our hearts, and we give you praise for it. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we went through the Hall of Fame, it first of all said, The walls of Jericho fell out of obedience. That's found in Joshua chapter 6, verse 20. And we're not going to read all these, but if you want to jot them down, I'll give you the verses that verify each one of these. Also it says, The harlot Rahab did not perish because of her faithfulness to the spies and looking after them. Joshua chapter 2, verse 9. Gideon, it found in Judges chapter 6, verses 11. Chapter 7, verses 1 through 25. All of these were people that stood up through faith and trusted God beyond anything that folks could imagine at that point in time. Baraka, he in Judges chapter 4, verses 6 through 24. Samson, Judges chapter 13, 24 through uh, 16, and also in 31. Uh, I'm sorry, Judges 13, 24, and then 16, 31. Jetheth, Judges 11, 1 through 29, 12, 1 through 7. David, 1 Samuel 16, verse 17, and Samuel 7, 9 through 14. All of these verses that I've given you confirm what is written here concerning the Hall of Fame of those that walked in faith without the promise. They did not have Christ Jesus at that point. They knew He was coming. But Christ Jesus had not come at this time. Consequently, they walked totally by faith. We today are blessed. We have the book. We have the Bible. We have the, the happening. We have the, the knowledge of Christ Jesus coming. We have the knowledge of Christ Jesus giving His life on Calvary's cross. We have the knowledge of His resurrection. We have the knowledge of what He has done for us. That promise that God gave them in the Old Testament has been fulfilled in the New Testament. Sometimes the word is said the Old Testament is nothing more than the New Testament concealed and the New Testament 
is the Old Testament revealed. Here we find those that walked with God in a time that was so muchly caught up in paganism, so muchly caught up in the things of the world. In fact, it kind of reminds us of reminds me of where we are today. So caught up in the things of the world that we cannot worship God in a proper manner. We can't put God first. We have to worry about whether we're being politically correct. We have to worry about whether we're going to wear the wrong type of clothes that's going to offend someone. Am I going to say the wrong word from the pulpit that's going to offend someone? Is our teachers going to teach something that somebody is going to say, well, I don't think that's quite so. Listen, folks. It comes down to faith. Only by faith in God. Only by faith can you truly acknowledge what God has for us in our lives. All of these that I read about stood out in God's timing. But here, in chapter 12, it, well, actually in the latter part of chapter 11, in verse 40, it says, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Even though they walked by faith, even though they were accepted, their faith in God accepted them as being believers in God. God says, I'm going to make something special for you. I, you know, I think God knew who we were. I think God knew exactly what was going to happen. And God knew that we were going to need more than just prophets to tell us what was going to happen. We needed the presence of Christ Jesus coming. Christ Jesus being here. Christ Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he says there in verse 40, made perfect apart from us in Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, if you would allow me to read that to you right quickly. Chapter 5, verse 5 through 10, it, uh, it says, So also Christ did not glorify himself to become the high priest, but it was he who said to them, You are my son, today I have begotten you, as he also said to another, You are the priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek, who did the day of his flesh when he did offer up prayer and supplications with uh, cries of tears to him, who was able to save him from death and heard because of the godly fears, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became, now listen, he became the author of eternal salvation. 
to all who obeyed him, called by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Christ Jesus was set in place as our high priest because God says, I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt who your faith is in and for you to see the happenings. Verse 1, chapter 12, Hebrews, Therefore, speaking to us now, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, all of these that, that have gone before of us, all of these that have walked in faith, all of these that have set forth the example for us, it's amazing to me how much in our world someone has set the example before us and we follow it. Most all of the happenings that goes on within our churches, the example's been set by some that's gone before us. How we take the offering, how we pray, how we sing, how we stand, how we set, how we do all those things. Somebody has set the example. Sometimes we deviate from those examples, but someone set the example. And here we find him saying, we have a great host of witnesses, all of these. Now, I was asked, and I can't answer this for sure, but I was asked, can all of these, all of these witnesses that are talking up from the Old Testament, are they setting up in heaven and looking down, criticizing or critiquing everything we do? I don't think so. I don't think so. But I think they went before us to God. And they were witnesses of God's power and of God's faithfulness before us. And they're saying, we, even though they didn't have Christ Jesus, they walked in faith through it all. And here he's saying, we have this example, these witnesses that are telling us about what they have done. A great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight. Let us put aside the things of the world. Let us put aside the things that says you need to do it the way the world does it. Folks, it's time for us to do it the way God does it. It's time for us to come to a place to where we say, okay, God, we're going to follow you. We're going to walk with you. We're going to spend our time, our energy, and our faithfulness in walking with you. And he says, the sin which so easily ensnares us. Sin. The things of the world, folks. What is sin? Truly, what, what is sin? We could, we could probably go into a great long definition of so forth and so on if I was a theologian, but I'm not, so I'm going to tell you my definition of sin. My definition of sin is simply anything that doesn't bring glory to God is a sin. If it doesn't bring glory to God, it's a sin. Because it says everything, the Word of God tells us, everything we do should bring glory to God, put God up there, put Jesus first, and everything. <coughs> so anything that does not bring glory to God 
is a sin. It can be a sin of omission. It can be a sin of action. It can be a sin of thought. It can be a sin of attitude. It can be all different types of sin. It doesn't have to be walking up and stealing something or hitting somebody in the head or killing someone. Anything that does not bring glory to God is a sin. And he says, and the sin which so easily ensnares us, draws us in, that sin, when that sin takes over, that sin breaks our fellowship with God. That sin is what keeps us from being able to say, Lord God, I want to walk with you and be honest about it. Because when there's sin between you and God, when there's sin in your life, and that sin's between you and God, the only thing God can hear is, Lord God, forgive me. Lord God, forgive me of that sin. Lord God, I got a, I got a sin that in my heart and in my life. I have wronged somebody. I have said something wrong. I have wronged you, God. Whatever it is, Lord God, forgive me of that sin. When that sin is forgiven, which it will be, when you ask him, at that point in time, that union is remade. That kindredship is remade. That closeness is remade. At that time, you could humble yourselves before God and say, Lord God, work in my life. And I am now willing. When that sin is gone, you are now like a sponge. You know, you take a sponge and you lay it on the cabinet at home. And it's dry. And it's really pretty useless. Just laying there dry. But you take that sponge and you dampen it and you wet it, and you fill it with water. And now you can wash things off. You can squeeze it out, and it will soak up some more moisture. And that's the kind of the way our lives are. When they're dry, when there's sin in them, when they're not in fellowship with God, it can't soak up what God's wanting to give us. So whenever we say, Lord God, forgive me. Lord God, I don't want to be entrenched in sin I want you to forgive me at that point in time God softens the sponge of our heart and that time we become humble at that time we come to the place where we say God it's not about me it's all about you and God can speak to our hearts even though we are entrenched even though there's much sin around us. Even though there's much sin in our lives, he goes on and he says, the race, it says, and let us run. Let us run with insurance that the race is set before us. Let us know that we can finish what God has set for us. Do you have the endurance? No. No, you don't. Can God give you the endurance? Yes, he can. He will. And he says, let me tell you, don't get caught up in sin and let us run with endurance the race that is set before. Let us let God direct us in that race of life. You can't accomplish it. There's been a lot of books and articles written about 
great athletes and their endurance and being sold out to whatever they do, whatever sport it is. There's been books written concerning great men of business minds and their endurance and their ideas that they put into practice. And here God's word says, listen, I will enable you through the power of God the Holy Spirit, greater than any book of any athlete, greater than any book of any great businessman, but I'll give you the book called the Bible that will enable you to run the race, to finish it that's set before us. How? By looking unto Jesus Christ. Not looking to man, not looking to the, our government, not looking even to the preachers, teachers, but focusing upon Jesus Christ. Now listen, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. Only by faith can we accomplish what God has for us to accomplish. And that comes through Christ Jesus and only through Him. Are we looking in the right place? Are we spending too much time searching here, there, and yonder? Whenever the Word of God tells us simply that it's all through Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author the finisher of our faith. The author, the beginning, the finisher of our faith. He started it when he came as the Son of God, died on the cross. He finished it when he arose from the dead. Is your faith truly based upon Jesus? Is your faith saying, Lord God, it doesn't matter what I think. <laughs> it doesn't even matter what I believe. In fact, Lord God, it doesn't even matter what I've been taught. According to the Word of God, the only thing that matters is that my faith is based upon the author and the finisher, Christ Jesus. That's what my faith is based on. That's what I live by. That's what I strive for. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Through it all, Jesus endured the shame. Jesus endured your sin, my sin, all the sin of the world. The simple little verse that we all learned as kiddos in, 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 in Sunday school, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son for a few, for the select ones, no, he gave his son for all. He loved every one of us. 
Jesus paid the price. Jesus bore the sin. Jesus took on the shame. Jesus took on all of the criticism and all the ridicule and all the scorn and all the blame that could ever be placed on us. Jesus took it all on. And the word says to us, despising the shame and has set down the right hand of the throne of God. I don't know about you, but I sure want to place my faith in that one. It began it, ended it, and is sitting at the right hand of the Father making intercession for me. That's where my faith is. That's where God's Word says our faith should be. This day I say to you, is your faith in God? If God was to set forth another Hall of Fame of Faith, would your name be listed in? You see, that's happening. That's happening. Oh, it may not be pinned in the Word of God. But that Hall of Fame of Faith will be those that have already gone to be with Jesus in the air right now in heaven. And then when Jesus comes again, at that time, whatever God's set time is, and He comes again, it says... And those of us that are still alive will go to meet Him in the air. Faith. Only faith in Jesus Christ through salvation can get you there. So if your name is in the Lamb's book of life, your name is in the Hall of Fame of Faith in the New Testament. Is yours listed there today? Are you there? Are you going to be going to glory when Jesus comes again? You know, we never know when our life is going to come to an end. Some of us walk around on, a, on the precipice of death and we realize it. <laughs> The rest of you walk around on the precipice of death. You just don't know it yet. But are you ready? Is your name listed in the Hall of Fame of faith in Jesus? Today, if God was to see fit to take you home, do you know that you know that you'd go to be with Jesus. You see, I preached a, a funeral just this past week. And the one thing that I could say beyond a shadow of a doubt about the person that had passed away, to the best of my knowledge, 
and to their testimony and their life while here on this earth. Their name was written in the Hall of Fame of the New Testament. And I could say to the family beyond a shadow of a doubt, today, today, this is just an earth seat laying out here before us. She is in the presence of God right now. See, that's a promise of God's Word. And if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior, you have not claimed that promise. So today, it's only by faith we exercise faith in God by stepping up and saying, Lord God, I ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I ask through the power and the presence of God the Holy Spirit. I am a believer and I ask through that power of God the Holy Spirit, make me a strong witness for you. Give me the right ideologies. Give me the right direction. Lord God, that all that I do will bring honor and glory to you. You see, it's up to you. It's totally up to you as to what you do with it. Whether you're going to be obedient to God, whether you're going to be obedient to the leadership of God the Holy Spirit, or whether you're going to say, I'm running my life and I'm going to continue to. That's the price that you will pay if you run it. Not having your name in the Lamb's Book of Life or in the Hall of Fame of the New Testament. This morning you can fix that. This morning you can come to Jesus. This morning, as a lost person, you can come and say, Lord God, I want to be saved. As a born-again believer and out of fellowship and not being obedient unto Him and having sin in your life that's separating you from God, you can come to the altars and get on your face and say, Oh God, forgive me. And God will do it that quick and draw you back into the fold. But you have to do it. He's waiting. He's willing. But are you willing? Are you ready to say, God, forgive me? Father, I thank you and I praise your name that you bless us in such a very special way. Now, Lord God, I don't know the decisions that need to be made today, but you do. So, Father, I would pray that even today there will be those that will make a decision in their hearts, in their lives, Make a decision to walk with you, a decision to accept you as Lord and Savior, a decision to just be obedient unto you. Father, I don't know what needs to happen in people's lives, but Lord God, I know that I pray that you will humble my spirit and forgive me for any way I failed. Now you bless and have your way in this time of invitation. And we pray it in Jesus' name.
Amen. And amen. Would you stand with us, Brother Harold? You come on right now. Come to Jesus right now. If God wants you to join the church, come on. If you need to be saved, come on. Whatever it is, if you need to be baptized, come on. Just be obedient to God right now. Come home. Come to Jesus right now. You're not coming to me. We praise God for each and every one that is here. I praise God for those that are at the altar praying. I would ask you to continue to pray that God will continue to lead and direct within our church, will give us insight and wisdom as we serve him. I encourage you to be back this evening. We're going to continue on with faith in the next few verses after the one we finish this morning. I truly believe that our faith in Christ Jesus is the only thing that's going to get us through. And for us, through the leadership of God the Holy Spirit, possibly turn things around back to where we as a nation, we as people, put God first but it's got to start right here. Not just in our church, but in all God-fearing, Bible-teaching churches. It's got to start with us. But God bless you. You have a good afternoon. And like I said, I pray that you'll come back this evening.
and be a part of our worship service. Lord God, I thank you and I praise your name that you bless in a very special way. Thank you, Lord God, for these, your folks that are here. Father, continue to minister to them. Draw us ever close to you. Forgive us, Father, in whatever ways we fail you. And Lord God, I pray that our faith will be based upon the author and the finisher, Christ Jesus. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.